0: So today is February 13th. Ooh. The day before we all Valentine's oh. Valenti- evening, Valentine's. Valentine's. Tomorrow tomorrow is is Valentine's Day. Uh, Valentine's Day where we celebrate so, St. Valentine? St. Valentine, who, who disobeyed government orders and, and married couples uh, when, when there was a, a governmental ban. They wanted people to enlist in the military and not be distracted by uh, marriage relationships, so he, yeah, he married people in secret and I think was probably put to death. Uh, For that, and that's why he's (laughs) with Satan. Anyway, here we are hundreds of years later, and it's uh, a homework y kind of holiday to celebrate uh, romantic love, but also friendship. And man, we got Valentine's cards, or Jackie got them anyway, for our kids. Right, uh, man. Whoever you think in your life needs needs a Valentine's card, needs a a piece of candy. I think there's cookies back there for later. That's exciting. Does Gian and Ariana want to know they love you guys? Andrea I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I understand. Hey, everyone plays a role. So one person begs and one person eats, and we need them all. We need them all. Okay, so so hold on. Bring it in. Bring it in. Bring it in. Tomorrow is. It's Valentine's Day. I'm going, and, and so part of that, Entwined with a general celebration of love and relationships and the people that matter to you. There is that element of celebrating romantic love, and I'm gonna give you some free, unsolicited romance advice. Are you ready? Some of you guys are in a relationship now. Some of you guys are single as can be, but you likely likely will be in a relationship in the future. Okay? Some of you guys, some of you guys are content to be single the rest of your life. That's fine. Some of you guys are single now, but we'll be in a relationship. Some of you guys are currently dating, some of you guys are currently married. Here's some, some free relationship advice. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. So someday, men, someday you'll have, have a girlfriend, someday you'll have a wife, someday you may have a, a boyfriend, someday you have a husband. Here, here's my, my free and unsolicited advice. It is important. Tonight. That you talk to them. Hey man, say that, yeah. It's important that you talk to them. <laughs> right? Uh, you're not going to have much of a relationship. You're not going to have much of a marriage if you do not ever speak to them. Oh right? Uh, my wife Jackie and I, this June, will have been married 15 years. Oh. What would my relationship with my wife be like if I never, ever spoke to her? Not 15 years. It would not be 15 years. She said she said she would have peaced out already, yeah. If I did not ever speak to her, that's not a healthy relationship, right? When you guys dream of your your ideal romantic pairing in the future uh it's probably not someone that doesn't ever speak to you right right you think about I maybe mean, not someone you want to share life with and part of sharing life with is is conversations right so justin part 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 of sharing life together is you guys will have you guys will have conversations you guys will speak to each other here's where i'm going with this right you would never dream that, of having a husband and never speaking to him, having a wife and never speaking to him. But we want a relationship with God where we don't ever speak to Him, right? Tonight we're talking about prayer, right? What, what What's our relationship with God look like if we do not ever talk to God? It ain't a relationship. It's not really a relationship. No, it's not. It's not. We can't. We can't claim to have a relationship with God and then not ever talk to God, not ever speak to God. Tonight we're talking about prayer, and, and specifically looking at uh, the life of Jesus, what we can learn from Jesus about prayer. Did Jesus pray? Yep. Yes. Yeah, he did. And when Jesus prayed, miracles happened. Right? The sick were healed, the dead raised, crowds of thousands fed with a child's sack lunch, right? <laughs> How do we pray like that, right? How do we pray as Jesus prayed? So we started a new series this semester that's going to take us uh, most of the way through through the spring semester, talking about what it truly means to live like Jesus. How do we live like Jesus? People will study hours of video to try to be like someone that they want to emulate, that they want to be like an athlete. will study tape. I mean, how do I how do I throw a ball with that spiral, right? How, how do I well the the dunk contest is yeah. is, is now or coming up yeah. this week? Okay, I knew it was like right around now. And some people are watching videos of people doing just the wildest dunks you've ever seen. And I think uh, part of it is you know you think up dunks but also watching lots of videos of other people doing it like man how do you get how do you even get the ball in like i can't even get that far off the ground much less do all these other things in the air so our athletes will study video like how the how can i be more like this Superstar athlete, musicians will study video like mean, how, how do I make my fingers do that on, on, the, on the keyboard, on the guitar? How can I be like them? My son Thomas watches hours of, of YouTube of people playing video games so he can he can get his uh, soccer car to do like theirs does on Rocket League And We study people we want to be, be like, and, and, and I want to encourage you guys that we should be doing the same thing with Jesus. We should be doing the same thing, studying the life of Jesus. If there's anyone in this world I want to be more like, it's Jesus, yeah. right? There's people in this room that I love and that I respect, right? Uh, there, there's qualities I see in you that I may want to be more like. I want to be more like O'Shea in some areas. <laughs> be more like Hope in some areas. Be more like Jackie in some areas. Be more like... But if there's anyone I want to look like, it's going to be Jesus, right? Yeah. When, I, when I study the life of Jesus, when I see how Jesus treated people, When I see how Jesus prayed, the wisdom and the compassion that Jesus exhibited. When I see the kindness and humility that Jesus embodied. Again, if there's anyone I want to be like, I want to be like Jesus. But if we're being honest, are we modeling our lives after Jesus? And so these last couple weeks we've been talking about that. What does it look like to really model our life after Jesus? To really study the life of Jesus and say, I want my life to look like that. The Apostle John, one of Jesus' disciples and closest friends, he writes in 1 John that if we're going to claim to be Christians, claim to be in God, that we need to live as Jesus lived. We need to walk as Jesus walked. That if if we say we're Christians, say we're believers, but our lives don't look like Jesus' life, then he says we're lying to ourselves and lying to other people. We're hypocrites, right? If we say we believe something and we see it nowhere in our life, that's not good. Uh, John, John says that whoever claims to be in God must Walk as Jesus walked, must live as Jesus lived. So we've been talking about what that means. What does it mean to let Jesus shape your priorities? What does it what does it mean for Jesus to to shape how we live our life? And each week in this series, we're going to look at a different episode in the life of Jesus that we can learn from. Last week we talked about what it means to do you guys remember? Love. Love like Jesus. How do we love people like Jesus? Do you guys remember? One of them was be mindful, right? Be mindful of the people around you. Yeah, that was one. Be sa- yes, love sacrificially. We need to be mindful of the needs of people. And that was the third one. Be approachable. You guys got them all. Got all three. Be mindful of the needs of the people around you. Be approachable. man. don't be detached. You need to, to be approachable. People need to be able to come to you. And then the loving like Jesus involves self-sacrifice. Jesus says no one has greater love than this, so you'd lay down your life for your friends. That, that we need to, to know that real love is going to cost us something, right? It's going to cost our comfort. It's going to cost our time. and may cost our, our money, our resources. It's going to cost us something to love people, but it's worth it to love like Jesus. So tonight... We're going to examine what it means to pray like Jesus, right? What does it look like to pray like Jesus? When Jesus prayed, miracles happened, right? How do we, how do we learn to pray like that? That's what we're going to be focusing in on uh, tonight. Uh, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be starting in Luke chapter 11. I'm going to pray and then we can jump into it. Amen, God. Uh, thank you again for a chance to gather uh, with my Kyle for friends and family here. Uh, Holy Spirit, I pray, Lord, that you would just communicate through me exactly what you want to communicate, that you would speak what you want spoken and honestly nothing else, God. Um, God, would you uh, just prepare our hearts to receive from your word and that you would shape and mold each of us to be more like your son, Jesus, in every way. In your name, God, amen. 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 So something that is quickly apparent as you study the Gospels is that Jesus prayed a lot, right? As you study the Gospels, something you learn about Jesus, something real obvious, He prayed a lot. He prayed often, and He prayed about many different things. Mark 1.35 tells us that He would get up early in the morning to go pray alone, right? Jesus would get up early and go pray alone. Some of you guys... That sounds scary. Get up early. No, no, no. Um, that's what Jesus would do, right? He'd get up early and he'd go pray alone. He'd get alone with God and he'd pray. He made a habit of praying, right? There, there, there's when, when the Gospel writers are talking about Jesus praying and getting alone to pray, it says, as was his custom, meaning he did this on the regular. So regularly did he pray uh, he made such a habit of praying that Judas knew exactly where to find him when it was time to betray him, right? He said, okay, I know where Jesus is going to be. He's going to be praying over here in this garden. You guys meet me over here. I know exactly where he's going to be because he does this all the time, right? right. That, that Jesus had such a habit of prayer is like, like clockwork, right? Do any of us have lives where, where if I needed to find... Shelby. I, I, oh, I know exactly where she's going to be. She's going to be praying over here, right? Um, you know, funny, I, you guys, I, I've shared, I think, already in th- this semester um, about, uh, you know, Jackie and I store when we first met. Um, but, but, but that first, first year or two uh, that, that, that we started hanging out and being friends in college, I knew that every single morning I could find her uh, in the Starbucks, in the library on campus with her Bible, journaling, having her prayer time. That if I needed to find her, now I wouldn't want to interrupt her then, right? Because that's her, her Jesus time, but that's where she'd be, right? And, and, and it says for, for Jesus is the same way. They knew where to find him, uh, Judas knew where to look. Jesus prayed often. He prayed before performing miracles and signs and wonders. Jesus prayed before making big decisions. Luke 6 tells us that Jesus prayed all through the night, the night before he chose the disciples. That's a big decision. I need to recruit 12 dudes that I'm going to pour into, invest the next three years of my life into, and then these men are going to transform the world. This choice matters, right? I need to make sure who I pick. uh, This is a big deal. And he spent the entire night praying, seeking the Lord, saying, man, what, you know, Discerning than what God's will was uh, for this major decision. Jesus' own disciples saw that prayer was a crucial part of Jesus' life, and they desperately wanted to know how to pray like their teacher prayed, right? The, 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 these 12 disciples, they saw their master praying, they saw their teacher praying, having a lifestyle of prayer, and they say, man, we want to know how to do it like you do it, right? Um, that's, what, that's, that's what it's about in this Be Like Jesus series. We want to know how to do it like you do it, Lord. So in Luke chapter 11, we see them go and ask Jesus to teach them how to pray like this. Teach us to do it like you do it. Let's take a look at it. Luke chapter 11, starting in verse 1. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying. Somebody say certain place. Certain place. Man, if you guys are going to pray like Jesus, you need a certain place. Yeah? You need that date, time, and place. You need it in your schedule. You need it blocked out. You need to have that place that you go to. Uh, in, in Mark 6, I'm sorry, Matthew 6, Jesus encourages men, in your room, in your closet, close the door, find somewhere private, somewhere you can get away, right? Okay, we call it Hayek as church. Call it what? Hayek is a church. It's a type of message Okay, yeah, you want to you want to get away from the distractions, right? If you share a room, if you have a roommate, right? Your bedroom may not be your get-alone-to-pray place, right? Maybe it's the bathroom. Maybe it's the closet. Maybe it's going to the library when no one else is there and going to an upper floor and getting a cubicle, right? Uh, but, but finding a place that you can get to alone. The university actually has... Uh, on the second floor there, that, that meditation lounge, and, and there's almost almost always empty, right? <laughs> you can go in there and pray. Uh, but Jesus had a certain place, a certain place that he would go. It wasn't just random. You guys got that? It wasn't just haphazard. He had a certain place that he would go and pray, and we need that too. It says, as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Talking about John the Baptist there. Lord, teach us to pray, just like John taught his disciples. Jesus, we see you praying all the time. We see that when you pray, it's powerful and stuff happens. Jesus, teach us to pray like that. We want to know how to pray like that. I think they're asking a good question, right? Sometimes we don't know stuff because we don't ask good questions. This is a good question. Verse 2, Jesus said, this is how you should pray, right? And then he gives them a model prayer. Um, now, what's come to known, you know in, in, in the greater church, we refer to as the Lord's Prayer, this model prayer. Where we're going to be spending a lot of time in our time here tonight. When Matthew uh, recounts Jesus' teaching uh, on this very same prayer in Matthew 6, 9, he says, and Jesus said, to pray like this. The uh, Greek word used there uh, is hutos, which means in this way. So pray, hutos, in this way. Uh, not necessarily pray these exact words, but to pray this way or pray in this manner. To use this as, a, as an outline for your prayers, a format for your prayers, a way to organize uh, your thoughts when you pray. A lot of times we go to God to pray and we don't have any idea what to say. You know? That, you may have heard, some of you guys have been in church a while, you may have heard, oh, prayer is just talking to God. Right? That's all it is, just talking to God. Okay, I'm going I'm to go, I'll try it. I'll try talking to God. Well, <laughs> what's up, guys? Right? It, it, when, when Jesus' disciples come and they say, "Lord, teach us how to pray," does Jesus say, "Oh, you got it? It's just talking to God?" No, no. He gives them something specific, something tangible. He says, "Man, pray in this manner. You pray. I'm going to give you an outline. I'm going to give you a structure. Pray in this manner. Pray uh, in this style. This is how you should pray." Uh, and, then, and then he lays out man several lines again. Not necessarily for us to pray word for word, even though corporately as a church, man, it's powerful sometimes to pray these words word for word, but in your private prayer time, man, this gives you an outline of topics of things you can bring to God in prayer. And I think the order is important, the word choice is important, and that's what we're going to uh, break down here tonight. This outline, this form that, that God gives us to pray, he says, when you pray, pray like this, he says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's the first one, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. The very first thing he starts with is our Father. Our Father. That when we come to God in prayer, we need to be aware of the personal relationship there. Right? That you guys in this room maybe have all different views of God, depending on your your background and your own experiences, uh, that it may be difficult to to conceive of God as a a loving Father. But Jesus says that's the way to approach Him. To say, our Father, our Father. Our Father. Our good Father who loves us. Our good Father knows how to take good care of His children. Father in heaven. Father in heaven. The next part is hallowed be your name. Hallowed is not a word you probably use in everyday conversation. Um, and another word for hallowed is holy. You might be more familiar with holy. Holy, again, meaning completely set apart completely set apart. God, your name is set apart from every other name. God, you are set apart from everything else. There's God, and then there's all of creation. God, you are set apart from that. You are holy. You are hallowed and to be made hallowed, and there's none like you or beside you. This is time to to praise God and to tell God how great he is, Uh, that when we step into God's presence to pray, Man, be, be aware of the, the relationship there. I mean, we're approaching our Father who loves us. And because we're approaching our Father who loves us, we can come with confidence, right? And then to start that prayer time, not by listing out all our needs. All right, God, I'm here. I need this and this and this, and I really need this. And, man, I could really use some money over here, and this situation's a mess. No, he doesn't say start with that, right? He says start, start with the relationship first. Start with praise first. Uh, and Bless God's name. Praise God's name. Exalt God's name. Man, spend some time uh, loving on the Lord, thanking God, praising God. Uh, hallowed be your name. The next part of the prayer, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right, so when I'm when I'm praying, when I when I'm me personally talking about Matt, when I take time to pray, uh, I I use the Lord's prayer as an outline probably 95% of the time when I pray. And so so again the first in the first few moments I'm coming to God uh, and I'm just praising Him, I'm thanking Him. Maybe I'm quoting Scripture. I know of praises to God that that are meaningful to me. I'm, I'm just declaring things that I know are true about God and praising His name. Um, and then I transition to this next section there in verse 10. God, I'm praying for Your kingdom come and Your will to be done in my life. Your kingdom come and your will be done. I I start small. I start with me. God, your kingdom come and your will be done right here in me. God, your kingdom come in my life, in my heart. Your will be done in my heart, God. Would you bring me into alignment with what you want? Uh, would you make me the man you want me to be? Make me the husband you want me to be. The Jackie? Make me the father you want me to be. The pastor you want me to be? God, would you you help me to yield to you and submit to you? Would you be Lord and, uh, and God? Let your kingdom come right here. Would your will be done right here? And then I expand the circle out. I'll pray for my family. God, I want your kingdom to come in my family. You know, I want I want your kingdom to come. Uh, you know, and your peace to fill our home and our relationships uh, here as a family. In our ministry, pray for Chi Alpha. God, would you bless Chi Alpha. And your, your kingdom come, your will be done in this ministry. Man, bless our students. I'll call you guys out by name uh, and, and, and pray for your specific situations that, that I'm aware of, for God to be at work in those things. I pray for our campus. God, would you use us on the campus to, to reach students and bless the lives of students and see uh, students' lives transformed for your glory. The c- circles get bigger and bigger. I'll pray for our city. I pray for our country, I pray for the, the world, the needs that I, I know of there. Honestly, in my prayer time, this is usually where I spend the most time. I usually spend the most time in, God, let your kingdom come and your will be done. Because almost a, a huge majority of what I want to pray about falls into that category. I mean, it, it's during this time that I'll pray for the lost. I mean, people that I know that are far from God, that need Jesus, I Man, I'll pray for them by name. Um, I'll, I'll lift them up. People, This is when I'll pray for... Uh, missionary friends uh, around the world that know in specific situations, I'll, I'll lift them up to the Lord in prayer. Um, this is when, when when, the Bible tells us we need to pray for our political leaders, right? And pray for those in authority over us. This is when I'll, I'll pray that as well. God, would your kingdom come and your will be done in our country and in our government. I mean, it's an election season. God, would you promote who you want uh, to, 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 to be in office, God? And would you frustrate the wicked? And would you put who you want in positions of authority? Would you bring peace to our country? All these kind of things. Uh, praying for God's kingdom to come. God will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven starting with me right and god would you use me to see your will accomplished here in this earth notice it's after we spent some time praising god after we have brought our life in alignment with his will then we get to give us this day our daily bread right give us this day our daily bread i think it's so important that we get that order right that instead of just showing up in the prayer and being like god i need this 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 and this like he's like we're sitting on the lap of Santa Claus, right? Or like he's a vending machine, but instead, men approaching him as your father, loving on God, praising God, bringing your life into alignment with His, and then say, "Okay, God, here, here's the things that I need. Here's the things that I need. God, would You give us what I need for? Give me what I need for today." You know, would you provide financially for the financial needs I have today, and you know what I'm going to need to get through today and this week and this month, right? Would you would you provide the health and the strength that I need to get through today? Right? Would you give me the grace that I need to get through today, God? Would you would you take care of me today? Uh, And and trust God with those things. Bring those petitions in, and it's also where I'll pray for the needs of other people that I know, Uh, maybe friends, family members that are sick, that are struggling. I'll say, man, would you would you give them what they need? Give us today our daily bread. Verse 12. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors, right? I mean, there's an important part of prayer is just confession. Say, say God, I, I've not been perfect. I've blown it. I've messed up. God, would you please have mercy on me? Please forgive me for the ways, man, I've fallen short this week, today, this hour, this minute, right? The, the ways that, that I've failed you, the ways that I've let you down. Uh, man, God, please forgive me and, and, and trusting and believing that he does. Man, he promises when we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Say, God, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you that, that, that when I sin, the relationship's not over, that there's grace there and I can come to you and confess uh, and you forgive me of all my debts. Right? Forgive me of that huge spiritual debt uh, because of what Jesus did on the cross. Right? Because that debt's already been paid for by Jesus, I can come and put my trust in you and be forgiven. Okay, God, now help me to forgive other people. Right? I know you've forgiven my sin. Help me to think about who are the people that I need to forgive? who are the people that have wronged me that I need to forgive in the same way that you forgave me uh, It's super key that the two go hand in hand. That's not an accident, right it, the, the two go absolutely hand in hand. It's so important to God. so important to God that we forgive others. in a couple of weeks we're gonna one, one focus for our live like Jesus message is gonna be how do you forgive like Jesus? How do you forgive people? It's huge. It's huge life and death stuff but he says, May, may God, thank you for your forgiveness. Help me to forgive others as you've forgiven me. Help me to show them the same grace that you've, you've shown me. And then finally, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God, would you help me uh, to overcome temptation? Help me in all the ways that I'm usually tempted. You know what it is for you, right? Let's personalize it. God, would you help me? God, you know you know, oftentimes I, I'm, I'm struggled, uh, maybe I struggle with, with, with gossip, Right? So, so help me when I get in that situation around that certain group of friends to, to wash my tongue or just to leave if I need to. Right? God, you know how I struggle with lust. Help, help me, God, not to give into that temptation. God, would you help me to, to have, have the strength to, to, to close the computer, to turn off the phone, to, to get up and get out of the room if I don't need to be alone, to, 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 to go work out, to go do something else, to call up my accountability partner, to text a friend, to pray. Uh, God, help me to get out of this situation. Help me not to fall into temptation. God, would you fill me up with your, your grace, your grace that helps me to say no uh, to sinful lusts and worldly passions. Help me to live that godly life that you've called me to live. Lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. God, would you just rebuke the attack of the enemy off my life. God, would you protect me from uh, those who would try to do me or my family harm. Uh, God, I trust you to do that. Deliver us from evil. Um, you probably know it in your Bible that says some manuscripts will then add to the end. Yours is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. That may be what they add at your church, right? Yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. God, yours is the kingdom. You're the king. I'm not the king, right? The day I signed up to become a Christian, I'm not the king. He's the king. It's your kingdom, God. Take your rightful place as king in my life. You know, the the throne that's there in my heart, would you shove off whoever else is sitting on there? It's me, or or some idol, or something. And Jesus, would you take your place as king? God, yours is the power. God, help me to rely on your power, your strength, not my own ability, uh, not my own wisdom, not what seems right to me. God, I want to lean on the strong arm of God, trust in your power, trust in your ability, and yours is the glory forever. Man, what a spectacular way to end your prayer, saying, God, would you be glorified in my life? Everything I say, everything I do, the things I think about, uh, let it bring you honor, let it please you, let it bring you glory. In my conversations, by the people I'm going to meet today, let me bring you glory. Yours is the glory forever. Jesus says, pray like this. Pray like this. You've got there a lot to pray about, right? Again, not, not necessarily pray those exact words, but every single one of you had an English class, right? Where your English teacher had you write a paper. Maybe it started small. A one paragraph about your favorite ice cream. Three-paragraph essay instructive, how to make a peanut butter sandwich. Right? Five paragraph essay on, I don't know, they started letting you pick some more diverse topics. The papers got longer. But, but usually the assignment involves this. First, turn in an outline, right? Yeah. Don't, don't give me the whole paper first. First, write an outline. Turn in your outline. The outline is going to become a rough draft and then eventually a final paper. Some of you guys skip steps in there, but you start with an outline, right? You don't, just, you don't just start from the first sentence and boom, 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 you got a whole paper, right? Excuse me. You start, you start with an outline. Jesus says, pray using this as an outline. Not just these exact words. You can do these exact words in like 10 seconds, and you're done, right? Yeah. But, but spend time in God's presence using this as a framework to pray about the things that really matter. And again, I think the, the importance of this framework, a big part of it is the order. Say, Matt, if I spend, what if I spend so much time on loving on God and praising God and praying for His will to be done, I never get to ask Him for stuff? Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. You know why? In Matthew 6, Jesus says that when we pray, we don't need to babble on like the pagans do because our Father knows what we need anyway. He already knows what we need. He values the relationship. He values the communication. He already knows what you need. You know, Jesus' followers would have grown up in a, a ritualistic prayer culture, right, where, where, where certain prayers were, were repeated again and again as if we could convince God to do what we wanted because we, we said the right words, like it was a magic spell, Right or an incantation that we had to work word just right, or, or the, the the genie's not going to do what we want. He says talking to God is not like that. It's not like that. Don't think that just by your huge amount of words, uh, you, you you can you can convince God to do what you want. He says no no just, just just speak to God and God's your Father and He knows what you need right and He loves you and so so maybe you spend so much time praising God and bringing your life into alignment with His will. Oh, I forgot to to ask God for all these things. Well, it's all right because He already knows anyway. And he's a good father that that wants to do good for his children. Um, God's good. Continuing, going back to Luke chapter 11, we're going to continue in verse 5. So after he gives them this outline, after he gives them this format here of how to pray, he says, then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. And you say to him, a friend of mine has arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night and my family and I are in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for his friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he'll give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. All right, so so picture you're, you're in the neighborhood. Right, and you've got a friend that comes to visit out of the blue. Right, they didn't let you know. They just knock, 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 showed up at the door. Oh, my long lost buddy. Right, oh, you're here, you're here, and I have nothing for you. I've not been to the Kroger. I don't have any anything to feed you. I got, I've got tap water, and that's literally it. Oh, but I'm hungry. I've been on this long trip. I traveled to see you all the way from wherever, and and I've not had a bite to eat, and I'm so hungry. What, what we got to eat, O'Shea? What we got to eat, Justin? And he said, I don't got nothing to eat. I don't got nothing. Let me go next door. Let me go next door, see what my neighbor's got to eat, see if he'll he'll lend it to me. This was a different cultural context than 2020 Memphis, right? A different cultural context where neighbor relationships meant a lot, right? The the neighbor, the community was more tight-knit. Anyway, you go to the neighbor's door, and you knock on the door saying, Hey, do you got anything I can feed? I have this traveler. Of course, They would bend over backwards to help you because they're your neighbor, right? In the culture, that's what was expected. It would be shameful for them not to give you the bread, right? But what we see here, the guy says, man, it's late. I'm in bed. My kids are already in bed. Please stop knocking at that door because you're going to wake <laughs> up my kids. Any one of those small kids can understand the second guy's position here. We had a staff meeting at the Reed's house yesterday for Kyle and and Jaden takes a nap during the staff meeting. If I came into that house all loud, slamming doors and knocking stuff, and I woke up Jaden, right? How would Derek feel about that? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. He says, you're going to wake up my kids. And then I, and then, then it's a the whole thing because they're, they're hard to get back to sleep. And uh, please, would you just not right now? It says, that, it says that he's going to give the guy the bread eventually. Eventually because he's annoying him and he doesn't want the kids to wake up. And he's like, okay, okay, I'll get you the bread. Just be quiet and leave me alone. Right? Be quiet and leave me alone because of your shameless persistence. Why did Jesus tell us to pray this way? It's not because God is like the neighbor who doesn't want to give us things. In fact, the opposite. He's already told us God's our Father who loves us. He wants to do for us. He wants to bless us, right? But He wants us to have that same persistence in prayer. We don't give up when we don't get what we want the first time we pray. right? We don't pray for a thing one time and be like, I guess that's not happening, right? But to be, be persistent, yeah. to ask yeah. and ask and ask. Sometimes God just wants us to be persistent. He wants us to pursue Him. Or, or the answer to that prayer may be a not yet, and we've got to keep pursuing Him for it until we get to the place where, where it's time to answer. Verse 9 says, And so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open for everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds, and everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. It says you've got to be persistent in prayer. You've got to stay after it. The book of James says that we have not because we ask not. And if we can get that deep down inside, that's profound. We have not because we ask not. How many people have not received, not because God's not willing, but simply because they gave up asking, right? That's not that God's not willing. Yeah. But, but we gave up asking, or maybe we never asked in the first place. We said, well, why don't I have this? And well, did you ask God? Did you bring it to God in prayer? Did you persist in prayer? That doesn't mean the answer is always going to be yes. I mean, we already said earlier this semester that, that the, the good parents, the answer is not always yes with their own kids, right? My kids don't get everything that they want because I, I try to be a good parent. They don't get candy for breakfast, Right? They don't get to, to jump off the roof. There, there, there's rules. There's things I have to say no to to be a good dad, right? In the same way, your Heavenly Father, everything you ask for is not going to be a yes, automatic yes. It can't be because he knows what's good. He knows what's best. There's going to be some things that's going to be a yes and some things a, a no, some things a, a not yet. But the important thing is that we persist in prayer, and we're definitely not going to have if we don't ask. We're definitely not going to have if we don't bring it to Him uh, in prayer. And we already read and talked about Jesus prayed before making big decisions, right? When Jesus had a big decision to make, he would pray all the more to discern the Lord's will for that situation, God's will in that situation. Hear this. If Jesus needed to pray to discern God's will, how much more do we need to pray to discern God's will? If Jesus, the Son of God, God made flesh, Jesus who was God, co-equal with God, if he needed to pray, how much more do we need to pray? Some of you have... Big decisions coming up on the horizon in your own life. What major am I going to declare, right? What career am I going to pursue? Who am I going to date? Should I marry this person? Where should I live, right? Major decisions that are going to set the trajectory of the, of the next several decades of your life. Major decisions. Shouldn't we pray to God about these things? Shouldn't we get His will about these things and just, yeah. instead of just flying by the seat of our pants and see what happens, right? No, we need, we need God's will. We need God's will. If Jesus spent all night in prayer, right, I mean, how much more do we need to pray? How much more do we need to, to fast and pray and seek the Lord on these things? Maybe you've never prayed before, right? Just being honest. Maybe, maybe you've never really prayed before, never, never been much of a prayer person, and you're nervous about where to start. Um, and again, like I said before, we don't we don't need to worry about getting the words just right. You know, the problem for us, many of us, is not that we're praying wrong, but we're not really praying at all. You know, it's, it's not that we're saying the wrong words, is, it, is that many of us aren't praying at all. So, I mean, begin that begin that time of prayer. I mean, talking to God, speaking to God, I mean, t- talking about those things as Jesus outlined. Start by making that time to pray. I mean, setting aside that time. In Calpha culture, we call it the... Bento time, B-I-N-T-O. You guys know what that stands for? Built in, not on. Bento time, built-in, not tacked-on time with God. Oftentimes, when we think about, oh, I really need to pray, or I really need to read my Bible, I'm just gonna tack that on somewhere on my day. Now, I'll do it maybe later before I go to bed, or or it, it, I'll, I'll do it at some point, but we don't actually make time on our schedule for it. And sure enough, it does not happen, right? The, the part of the thing a mature Christian does, a mature follower of Christ does, is he builds that into his schedule. She builds that into his schedule. Same as you would build work into your schedule and a class into your schedule and an important meeting with a professor, you would put that in your calendar so you don't miss it. And someone that's really following Jesus and understands the importance of prayer is going to build that into their schedule. You're going to open up their calendar and you're going to see that on there then when they have their prayer time, right? And I, I can tell you what, what, what God's doing in your life if I, if I can look at, look at your calendar, right, and see seeing the times that you're spending in prayer. If, if, I, if I could look over your day and see, see the time that you spend uh, in prayer. So, so what's most important is, is that we set aside that time and start doing it, not worried. Oh, I don't know what to say. Oh, I'm worried it's going to be awkward. Well, he, He's your father and he loves you. The, the, the words don't matter so much as you get in God's presence and just doing it. He's your father. He loves you. I love it when my kids talk to me. My kids are get, getting bigger. They've got other interests, right? Um, they think they're really cool, and, and they've got other stuff going on. When they still want to talk to me, that's a good thing, right? right? When they're not too cool. My son's 12, right? He's middle school, right? When he's not too cool to come and talk to me about something, my whole day's made, right? I love talking to him. I love spending time with him. How much more? How much more your heavenly Father, man, gets thrilled when you come to him in prayer? And going back to that idea of, of, of coming with shameless persistence, uh, because he's your father, you can ask God boldly. You can come before God boldly, right? We can come before God and bring those requests. Um, there, there, there's a Tim Keller quote about, uh, I mean, who would, who would interrupt a king at 3 in the morning, right, for a glass of water except a child? Right? Anyone else that tries to wake up a king at three in the morning for a glass of water, there's gonna be serious repercussions unless it's this child, unless it's this baby girl, right? And then it's like, okay, let's let's go get that cup of water, right? And my, my youngest Hannah, man, she, she she knows how to she knows how to manipulate, she knows how to get me wrapped around her little finger. She gets on my laugh and she's all sweet daddy. You know, can I get, can I have some orange juice, can I have some chocolate milk? Can I have, it doesn't really matter what it is. I'm going to say yes, right? That's a foregone conclusion. Um, I mean, she, she knows how to ask. In the same way, you know, our, our Heavenly Father loves us and, and, and he, he, He's willing. He wants to bless us. We have that same kind of access with the King of Kings, right? Because, because we're His children, uh, we can come and ask boldly. Let's wrap it up. When should we pray? Time. Yeah, often, often, all throughout the day. We do need to block out a specific time and not just say, well, I just talk to God all throughout the day. Man, we need to block out a specific time to get alone, to get away from the distractions. But then also, yeah, communicate with God all throughout the day. Block out that time alone with God and be faithful to that time. What that prayer time looks like is going to vary from person to person because we're all a little different, right? Somewhere in there, uh, should be should be some time reading the Bible because that's the primary way God wants to communicate with you. A conversation is two ways, not one way, right? Ooh. Again, going back to the marriage relationship example, if, if she only ever talked to me and I didn't talk to her or vice versa, it's still not a good relationship, right? <laughs> well, your Bible is the primary way, the 99% of the time way God wants to speak to you is through that word, right? So part of that prayer time should involve reading his word. What does he have to say to you through that? Right? And then some of it should be Man, speaking to God and and following the things Jesus said to talk about before God. uh, Spending time praising God. Spending time bringing your life in alignment with His will. Praying for His will to be done in this world. Bringing your requests to God. Asking for forgiveness. Asking for God's help forgiving other people. Asking for God to strengthen you and give you grace to overcome temptation. On what occasions should we pray? What occasions should we pray? All occasions. Pray about everything. Right? Jesus would pray alone, and he'd also pray corporately with others. Right? He'd have times that he would pray uh, with the disciples, he'd pray with other people, and we know that he'd also have times to pray alone. We need both as well. We need times that we pray alone, and then times that we pray with friends, pray with our life group, pray with Chi Alpha, you know, get, get another believer and say, hey, would you agree with me in prayer? Uh, and, and let's pray about this thing together. Times that we pray uh, for and with one another. And again, in that private prayer time, it may look different from one person to the other. You know, when, when Jackie prays, she prays writing it down with a notebook. I think that's to help a little bit with some ADD, easily distracted tendencies where if, if she was just to pray in her mind or, or, or just out, out loud even, maybe she'd get distracted. But journaling is a way to help her stay on track, right? You might be different. I mean, you, might, you might like to sit when you pray or stand when you pray or pace around when you pray. Uh, but, but whatever it is for you, I mean, you, you connect with God and, and bring those things to God in prayer. As Christians, we have the amazing privilege of having a direct line to the Father, the creator of the universe who loves us and wants to hear what's in our hearts. He's a good Father. Amen? He knows how to take good care of his children. And we can pray like Jesus by just beginning to speak to the Father, inviting him into each moment of your life all throughout the day. Pray about the things Jesus taught you to pray about. Taking time to praise God, ask for His will to be done in your life and in the lives of others. Presenting your needs to Him. Right? Uh, if, if you're not if you're not praying now, if you don't have a vibrant prayer life now, uh, it's not too late to start. And start today. Start tonight before you go to bed. Start tomorrow morning. Right? Um, but but it's so so important that if we want to be like Jesus, man, we, we need to pray like Jesus. And Jesus prayed often. Prayed daily. He brought everything to God. He needed God's direction. How much more do we need his direction? You know, he experienced God's power, miraculous power in his life. We're definitely not going to experience God's miraculous power if we don't pray. We're not going to see miracles happen. We're not going to see healings. We're not going to see God showing up in a big way in our life if we don't ever speak to him. Right? Some of you may feel like the reason that you don't pray is maybe you feel like, Matt, I'm not a good person. I need to be perfect before I can talk to God. Matt, my life is too messed up. The things that I've done, I can't possibly go to God. He wouldn't want to hear from me. Um, my life's a mess, and I, just, I feel dirty. And maybe that's the reason we don't pray. Or maybe we don't want to articulate it like that, but, but deep down we feel kind of dirty and unworthy to talk to God. He wouldn't want to hear from me. Honestly, nothing could be farther from the truth. Right, he loves you. God identifies himself as our Father, and that heart of a Father always extends love and mercy. He longs for fellowship. He longs for relationship. No matter what you've done. Can, can our sin keep us from God? Does it distance us from God? Does it make it hard to pray? It can. But it can also be remedied in a single moment when we confess that sin to us and He forgives us. Right? Yes, yeah, sin is a problem. Our sin does put distance between us and God, but it can be remedied in a single moment when we confess that thing to Him. God, please forgive me. Man, His arms are open wide. He's ready. He's ready to scoop you up into his lap and say, all right, man, man, all all's forgiven. Welcome home. If that's you tonight and you say, Matt, uh, you know, I feel like my prayer life is not as strong as it could be uh, because there's some distance there because of sin, man, I would love to spend some time for us just to uh, you know, privately confess that to God. And he, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. He wants that relationship. There's nothing that you've done or nothing that you can do. To make him not love you or change how he feels about you. I mean, I, as a father, there, there's nothing my kids could do to change how I feel about them, right? I love them like crazy, and, and, and there's nothing they could do to change that. They can frustrate me, right? They can get on my nerves, but it's not going to make me stop loving them. Um, you know, Thomas could burn the house down, and I would be upset. I would be upset, <laughs> but I wouldn't stop loving him, and he wouldn't stop being my son, Right? Um, it wouldn't change how I feel about him. It, it, that's not in his power, honestly. It's not in his power to change how I feel about him. How much more with your heavenly father who's perfect, right? He's already decided to love you. He's already decided to adopt you into his family as a son, as a daughter. Nothing's going to change that, right? He wants you to come and talk to him. He wants you to spend time with him. Um, and, uh, and, and he doesn't want that, that distance distance between us. Um, I want to take some time and pray. Uh, that the God would, would put in us a longing to spend in his presence. You know, a lot of times that we, we get busy with the day, we get busy doing other things, we don't have that desire to spend in God's presence, so we just don't. Uh, but but that God would place within each of us just a longing for his presence where we would have that desire that would bring us to that place uh, of prayer with him, that would bring us to, to that, that place where we'd spend in his presence and seek after him. Um, Shay, would you mind uh, play on the keyboard? Um, let's take, take some time and bring this to God. Father, we love you. We want our lives to look more like Jesus. And one major way uh, that our lives can look more like Jesus is in our prayer life. I I can say confidently that probably every single person in this room could stand to pray more. Could stand to, to, to come in your presence more often, bring more things to you in prayer. God, the things that we worry about, the things that we stress about, God, that um, and it'd be so much better to bring those things to You, submit those things to You, God, because You care about us, You love us. There's nothing too big for You to handle, no situation that, oh man, that this is too much. Uh, the God that created the universe and created You, nothing's too hard for Him, nothing's too difficult for Him. And on the other side, there's nothing too small to bring to Him in prayer. Sometimes we think, well, I can't bother God with this. This is small. This is insignificant. No, if it matters to you, it matters to Him because He loves you. He's a loving Father. If there's something bothering one of my children, it doesn't matter how insignificant it is. That If it bothers them, I want to know about it. And so I can step into that situation and help. Father God, would you place in each one of us a desire to spend more time with you in prayer.